Welcome to the Soul Journeys Podcast. My name is Jennifer Longmore, and I am founder of the number one Akashic Record training school in the world. As a seasoned light worker and ascension worker, I want to bring you the show to provide you with the divine guidance and tools that you need as a light worker and change agent to navigate this great awakening. So if that is something that you're craving, then you have come to the right place. Think of this High Vibe podcast as your guide to the changes that we're seeing in the world so that you can be supported in navigating the new paradigm. Leave it to me to provide you with the divine tools, resources, and experts that will support you in navigating this once-in-a-lifetime epic event. Thank you for pressing play. Let's dive in. Hello and welcome back to the Soul Journeys podcast. I am your host, Jennifer Longmore, as you know. So glad that you're here. I'm going to talk about some deep stuff today. I know we talk about all kinds of fluffy stuff. (laughs) Just kidding. Not all the other episodes. But today we are going to talk about how to maintain your sanity and your sense of sanity during the great unveiling. Because that's really what's happening. We are... Uh, lifting the veils around many, many things very quickly and steadily. It's kind of nonstop. So how do we maintain our sanity during that time? And how do we deal with others who are trying to imply that we're losing our mind? So we have talked about deprogramming in a previous episode, and we are now going to talk about, okay, so you've been deprogrammed. Now what? <laughs> what? What are we going to do with this? I just want to reiterate that you're not insane. Uh, it's interesting because this past weekend I was at the cottage with my family and, and our son was with us. And um, he, I don't even remember how he brought it up, but he has this little quirk, we'll call it. I think it's cute. doesn't faze me. I'm used to it. Uh, but he's now at an age where he can articulate that he realizes that he can't tell his teacher and he can't tell his friends why he has this weird little quirk, this little thing he does with his fingers occasionally, and uh, because he doesn't want to be perceived as weird. You know, he didn't say it in those exact terms, but that's basically what he was implying. And I thought that was interesting because I remember feeling like a big weirdo when I was younger, and perhaps you can relate especially if you were in tune and didn't really have a safe space to to be that way or you kind of realized, you know, you needed to figure out how to be a chameleon and blend in. That was my case. I grew up in a household that was very open to this stuff, maybe not all of this stuff, but certainly I grew up with a very intuitive uh, family and my grandparents lived across my graveyard, so we it's not uncommon for us to have full-on conversations with ghosts in the house that we could visually see. And uh, my grand, my mom's dad, my maternal grandfather, was solving crimes with the police as a psychic medium. He had uh, some visitations when he was in the U.S. or sorry, not U.S. the Canadian Navy, and a lot of interesting things, let's just say, happened to him. <laughs> so these conversations happened in our household to a certain degree. I mean, we were mostly. Uh, talking about three-dimensional stuff and engaging in in 3D things, but it was certainly not, uh, we didn't get the funny looks and the raised eyebrows. But out in the world, I realized I didn't know what I was doing that was making people feel uncomfortable. 
but I knew enough that I, I needed to talk in code and perhaps you can relate where you make statements in the form of questions rather than just coming right out and saying things. Of course, I'm already a direct communicator. I'm an indigo. I call things like it is because I'm very committed to the truth and uh, that doesn't always land uh, <laughs> well with people that uh, are inconvenienced by the truth. So all of that to say that I realized when I got older and started talking to people like us that speak the same language as us that, oh, I'm not a weirdo at all, but I spent a great deal of time thinking I was weird and that I was the only one that was having the thoughts I was having and uh, that I just couldn't let people into my brain. There's no way that I would be safe if I let people into my brain because they would find out I was crazy, they'd want to lock me up and so on. So I can see a lot of that happening now because a good chunk of what we thought we knew, regardless of how awake we thought we were to things, I think we're still unraveling and will still unravel a lot of things. And in that, we're already dealing with coming to grips with things not being the way we thought they were and creating a new reality. And then on top of that, we have a lot of people that are invested in maintaining the old reality. And so rather than dealing with the discomfort of what's coming to the surface, it's easier to project and to make you wrong rather than dealing with the inconvenience and the discomfort of the truth being revealed. And I'm seeing this with people that I thought were critical thinkers. Now, when I say that, I really don't mean that in a judgy way. I just mean that so much of the other things they did would demonstrate to me that they were a free thinker. And yet I'm seeing them comply in ways that seems to go against what I thought were the inner workings of how they showed up in the world and what they valued. But still not my journey, right? But uh, I, I have an interesting situation in my home, and I shared this with some of you before, that uh, my husband's very open to who I am and what I stand for and knew what he was getting into and knew that, you know, probably can't really articulate it, right, to the average person, but at least knew that I talked about, you know, things beyond this galaxy and believe in universal constructs and so on. So uh, imagine my surprise when my intuition comes in handy and my guidance comes in handy and has served us really well in our relationship until COVID, right? And then all of a sudden, nope. And we have literally 180 degrees in our perspective of this, which is okay because I don't need to live in a vacuum. I hope you don't either. Uh, we, we grow and evolve when we can hold multiple perspectives. There's certain choices that I'm making and there's certain choices I will not be making during this time. I don't feel the need to explain them. Uh, but I can also be in the awareness of other people's need to do or not do certain things during this time that maybe go against the way I'm showing up. But I I can respect it and I can see it. And I can hold multiple points of view. I think that's something that happens when we work in the Akashic Records, when we're working with light, when we've worked with enough people, we realize that there is a whole lot of gray and that there's uh, very few absolutes. <laughs> so uh, all of that to say that I have been getting some feedback and having it somewhat implied that maybe 
uh, some of the things I say would sound insane to an outsider, which is just really a nice way of saying that sounds insane to me. And I've been holding the position that, you know what, I know who I am. You knew who I am and who I was when you got together with me. I am more than enough as I am. I will always be more than enough as I am. Is that uncomfortable for you? That's not my issue. That's actually your issue. And, uh, you know, like, if I'm not compliant enough, not my problem. I was already a nonconformist, <laughs> right, and a rebel. That's why I'm an entrepreneur. And I've been doing woo-woo Akashic Records and built my own business model, essentially, way back in the day. Because I I just, I obviously, I can conform to certain things. I think there's an element of that for any of us, right? We still have to kind of be in this world and play some games that we'd rather not play. Uh, but I also... Uh, and, you know, if, if I'm not sane enough for you or I'm too insane for you, that's just you participating in the too much not enough continuum. It's not my issue. I'm not saying this to you, right? I'm saying this to my partner. And, uh, and if that doesn't work for you, then that's on you to go and figure that out. And if you don't feel that you can be with someone who, uh, bumps up against what feels good for you, if you don't feel that you have the emotional maturity, you hold multiple points of view without making someone wrong or without essentially name-calling and shaming and blaming and judging, then that's on you. And I'll let you figure that out. And when you resolve that, let me know. And if you're not willing to resolve that, let me know. Now, this, you know, and, and I say this because there's very few people who, if you think of how much stock we give to people on social media or in our communities that are not people we know well, brand-new colleagues, et cetera, we don't even need to entertain that. This is what I'm trying to communicate. You know, you don't need to defend yourself. You don't need to explain yourself. Most questions that come at you are statements just masked as questions. We know that. This is, you know, beyond COVID, if that's the case. And um, and so one of the best ways to respond to people that ask you questions, if you feel you need to, is to just respond with a question and put it back on them. It was their need to ask you a question. They were probably trying to put you in your place in a roundabout way. And rather than just coming out and saying, I don't appreciate that you're doing this or, or I think you're silly for doing this, because we know there's a lot of that rhetoric going on right now, they ask a question, but they don't really care about the answer. They just want to be right. There's a lot of right fighting right now. That's also another way, by the way, to nip things in the bud by just saying you're right. Thanks for pointing that out to me. You're right. Very disarming for people. Very disarming. I actually encourage you to try it over maybe something a little more simple uh, if you haven't already because you'd be amazed at how people don't know what to say when you tell them what they want to hear. And that's what they want to hear. You're right. They don't know where to go with that. It, and you can feel their energy completely de-escalate. You can see their shoulders drop if you're in person with them. You can just feel like, oh, okay, all right. And then they can move on from the conversation. Because in their mind, they're right, right? So you're not lying. You're telling them, yeah, you're right. You're just not finishing the sentence and saying, in your mind. But, you know, some other ways that you might do it is, you know, what's going on for you that you're asking me to explain myself to you? Uh, Where did you get the idea that it's my job to satisfy your curiosity? Where did you get the impression that you can exert power and control over me and expect me to bow to your will 
that you're trying to impose on me <laughs> by having me explain myself to you because you're uncomfortable with the choices that I'm making that have nothing to do with you. And I will point out that, well, it's not an election year for everyone. It is an election year in the U.S., and we all get impacted by that. Wherever we are in the world, and especially now because this is a global event, we know that people's need to be right during an election year is off the charts. The need to polarize and divide and see whose camp each other's in and people being willing to throw away friendships of 20 years because of, uh, of some discord, right? It's, it's pretty wild. So, uh, you're not insane and you don't need to surround yourself with that. Now, of course, if you have the ability to set some boundaries with people that are not in your immediate circle that you're not having to spend time with, because it really just depends on what our circumstances are. If you have to go into a J-O-B and put up with coworkers and a boss and so on, that's a little different. You kind of have to play the game. But in your head, you can be, you know, saying F you, F you, F you, <laughs> if you want, right? Nobody's going to know. Uh, especially if you have to wear a mask, you can be whispering all kinds of things and mouthing all kinds of things and nobody's ever going to know. But let's assume that you actually truly can choose and you have people, that, again, can be social media folks. Right? Like, I don't respond well to mean-spirited posts. I don't even care what side it's on and whether it is in, in congruence with what I believe or not. If someone's mean-spirited, I'm not talking about that one time where someone's after the fact went, we probably should have, shouldn't have posted that. I'm talking about people that are, have no other communication style other than to have a sniff and a bite and um, to be derogatory and name-calling and so on. And we know under pressure, people people's character gets revealed, right? So I'm seeing people that were fostering themselves as leaders a few months ago, and but for COVID, we wouldn't have necessarily seen this stuff. And so while I have compassion for them, what I won't have tolerance for and what I won't make space for is people leading from their wounds and leading from their inner child. And if they're a leader, they know how to access support. And if they're doing as well as they claim to be doing in their business, then they will go and invest in some support because they are telling everyone that they have more than enough income to do that. Uh, with social media, you know, I kind of know what my boundaries are. I know what, and I also know what my personal boundaries are. It's tempting, right? It's tempting to scream all kinds of things. <laughs> Just because we think it doesn't mean it needs to come out of our mouth or go in a social media post. We don't have, you know, there's no law that says every single post I read on social media, I must comment on it. I will die if I don't comment on this post and I don't come back and comment to someone else's comment and, I just have a policy that I don't argue with strangers on the Internet. If I have a relationship with someone, I'm still not going to argue with them, but I may choose to. depends on my mood and depends on their tone and the energy and whether I feel that they have the capacity to resolve it in an emotionally mature way. I may have uh, some dialogue with people. But other than that, I don't feel that just as I don't need to respond to every email I get. I get pitched all the time. I don't even respond to those especially if I didn't sign up for someone's list. So we don't need to respond to everything that comes in our direction. We need to know what our own personal boundaries are, what our values are, and um, and then set that accordingly. 
And then surround ourselves with people that speak our language. You know, when I see someone posting on social media where it's clear that they get it, and by get it, I just mean my sense of what getting it is, I'm like, oh, phew, there's my spirit animal. There's kindred spirit. And I feel an affinity for them, right? And so I surround myself with people like that so that I can confirm that, oh, I'm not the only one that thinks this way. And so I'm sharing this for you as a strategy, right? You'll see it if you're if you're wanting to look for it. Uh, additionally, what I have done, for example, in my marriage, but um, I w- will also do this in social relationships if I need to, but I don't because all, anyone that's in my inner circle uh, shares a similar perspectives. But I've, I've just set a boundary in my marriage to say, you know, we can talk about anything else, but we're just not going to talk about COVID unless it actually affects our family and someone gets infected and we have no choice but to talk about the practicalities of navigating that. Uh, but we're not going to talk about news and numbers and masks and all the rest of it. We're just not going to have those conversations. We know where each other stands. Um, no, no amount of you coming at me. It's going to change my opinion. I'm not going to allow me or allow you to evangelize your position and try and convert me to your beliefs. So that's that's my position. Now, I don't say it in this way, but that's kind of my my position, right? So, again, sharing this because if, I would encourage you if this is a similar situation to what you're in. And, again, it could be, you know, a sibling. It could be a team member. It could be really anyone. That outside of the heat of the moment, I would say, hey, you know, I really value our relationship. And because I value our relationship, I'm going to propose that we keep things that we clearly have different positions on off the table, that we just we talk about all these other things, but we just don't talk about that. Does that feel good to you? You just make an agreement and it's lighthearted. And maybe you even develop a quote-unquote safe word. And I like to do safe words that are funny, like pickle or banana or something like that, where it's out of context, right? And it kind of snaps you out of it just as a way if, if someone's crossing my boundary or if I'm crossing theirs and I don't realize it, then they can just say pickle or, you know, whatever. And that's my cue to just go, okay, if I keep going here, that's just my need to be right and that's my need to be heard, which is my need, and I need to go tend to my need. It's not their job to be a container for my stuff. If I need to, um, you know, offload, it's my job to figure out how to take care of that. So surrounding yourself with people that uh, speak your language, you know, I, I wouldn't recommend everyone is simply because, again, living in a vacuum doesn't give us a healthy dose of holding multiple perspectives. That's just my opinion. The second thing is knowing what boundaries need to be set for yourself, what you're willing to tolerate, what you're not, how you're willing to show up in all of this and how you're not, and then making sure you're holding yourself accountable to that, and uh, setting boundaries with others that uh, where you value the relationship and it, and it matters to you, but you are aware. You know, I can say over the years I haven't had people, you know, there's some, some very divisive topics out there. Some people get very very offended if you don't hold the same positions on some really loaded things like we've got all lives matter versus black lives matter I, I hate to even say versus right and um, and so 
those those are important things to really get clear on and and understand. Now, can you still allow someone into your life if they're holding a different perspective than you and, it's, and your perspective is really important to you? That's for you to decide. The same is true for things like abortion. Right? These come up in election years because they're polarizing. Or someone that's atheist and you're not. There's all kinds of ways that we get asked all the time, right, to to value the relationship over the need to have complete codependency and enmeshment in beliefs. Because that can be a dangerous thing. And then we need to also look at what other things can I do to feel sane during all of this? Where are the constants in so much change and so much uncertainty? So I have been spending way more time out in nature because nature has no ego. You could get a lot of clarity in nature because you're not getting any other input other than neutrality. And it's in that space of neutrality and also just being connected with the source of all things that you can gain a perspective you didn't even know was going to drop in. Now, I realize that for some folks, we just don't have that same ability. Either it may not be entirely safe to go out right now, or it may be just more damaging in some ways to your mental health because you're looking at so much abnormality, even though people keep using the uh, term NN. <laughs> those, those are red letters for the the term that we keep hearing on the media, which I refuse to say because there's nothing normal about this. But uh, we, it, it may be stressful and or you may get harassed for how you're showing up in the world physically. Uh, you know, there's, or you know, like there could just be a lot of unrest where you are and so it just doesn't feel safe and or appealing. It just feels like more hassle than what it's worth. If you can get yourself some house plants, that would be. You know, if you're if you already have some, but you can add to that, I I highly recommend that uh, exercise. I know it can be challenging, especially if we have adrenal fatigue. But the brain needs to release certain chemicals, and there's certain chemicals we're not going to be getting in isolation or limited contact, however you want to phrase that. That uh, that we need to feel grounded and feel sane and so on. There's binaural beats we can listen to on YouTube, for example, for free, where if you have a headset and you get, you know, listen to stress frequencies or you listen to, uh, you know, connecting with your intuition, connecting with creativity, there's there's a ton. Even the Mozart effect, I love listening to that. But there's ways to do that. Box flower remedies are huge and super, super affordable. So uh, I would go on a box flower remedy website and just kind of search the different remedies and see which ones light up for you. If you have the ability to go out in person and you know how to muscle test, I would recommend that. I would say rescue remedy in general. Uh, and, you know, I'm, I'm not going to give medical advice, obviously, and whatever I say, this is just information of what I do and I'm not responsible <laughs> For what you choose, I share that because I know occasionally people get dinged for giving other advice and and people wanting to to come back at them. So, rescue remedy is great for neutralizing trauma, which I think on some level all of us have had activated, even if it's from a past life. Uh, not to mention all of the liberation and um, you know inner work that's happening in dealing with systemic racism 
and systemic oppression, regardless of the color of your skin or your ethnicity and culture and so on. There's a very, you know, we all are participating in a culture of whiteness. And so, you know, there's there's a lot of decolonization uh, energetically and beyond that needs to happen. And so that can be kicking up some stuff as well. And, well, really, there's so many layers, but there's um, Rescue Remedy can take the edge off. I would look at some other ones that resonate, also essential oils. There's a lot that can be really great depending on what you need. You might need to feel more balanced. You might want to feel more relaxed. You might want to feel more energized. So I would tune into that. And um, really, really neutralize and minimize your information intake and, and tune into your body. And see if this is a source that you want to take in because we have been in an information war unbeknownst to most of us. Like I definitely was unaware of just how much various uh, agendas were at play for many, many years. Collecting AI through our social media accounts and studying our behavior and uh, purposely sending out information to confuse us and make us believe certain things were true. And so that in and of itself, when we are constantly subjecting ourselves to information but not vetting whether it's aligned or not, is going to make us question reality. And and the more we distrust, right, then it, it just kind of seeps into other things, and that doesn't feel good either because there's a lot of things we can trust. And, um, and then, of course, being mindful that a lot of history books we read are, are written by white men and uh, for the most part, and written by uh, victors. And so really sourcing out history as we need to source through it from a place that is this true, getting recommendations from people. Uh, additionally, you know, even I now can see documentaries on Netflix where I can tell they were released specifically in time for election years to sway people that there, uh, that there are still agendas in that. And and just what I know as well from them giving us devices that can also radiate certain things, right, electronic frequencies and and uh, magnetic frequencies that are not good for us that, that tamper with our DNA and our cellular structure and our brain waves and so on. That, you know, that is like a perfect storm. So the more we can limit our exposure to Netflix and movies and uh, music that has a free feel frequency pulsing through it as opposed to a love frequency, which is the majority of music that we're going to hear on the radio, then, um, you know, we're going to do ourselves some, some favors. And then, of course, goes without saying, I hope, that we tune in to Source every day and tune into our heart and Understand that even pre-COVID, we needed to learn how to live moment to moment. We never knew if this was going to be the last moment we had. And that's prepared us for this time. It's much more in our face for sure. If we don't know what's going to happen from moment to moment in a lot of ways, we know we're going to take another breath. We know that the sun's going to set, the moon's going to rise, and we know all kinds of things. Right, but for our our future, we have to really decide who we be and what's important to us, and put energy towards that. So, 
I hope that helps. Uh, one of the things that I find really helpful is the Akashic Records. You've heard me talk about that before. And uh, so if you haven't learned how to access your records and you want to really get access to a comprehensive system, I've created that, which I believe you know. And it's called the Akashic Records Self-Study System on my website. So if you go to www.souljourneys.ca and you go to the store, you'll see the Akashic Records Self-Study System. And it'll be listed there for $8.97, which is a huge value. There's a massive, massive um, manual that comes with that. It gets sent to you as an ebook because that way we don't we can save paper, but also I don't have to worry about things getting lost in the mail, especially now. And um, additionally, because you're listening to this show, when you go to checkout, if you type in the coupon code SOUL, S-O-U-L, you will get $400 off. So you're going to get training that really is worth probably about $3,000 worth of training for $497. And, um, and this will give you a lifetime of access. You know, you'll be able to get more clear on your purpose. You'll be able to get more clear on what's true and what's not. That's what's been really helpful to me in all of this is that I vet, I do about 40 hours of research, research a week. I don't try to. I just constantly get information sent to me. And, of course, I click on one link, and then it takes me to another. But you know the drill. And uh, But, uh, you know, I don't know that any of it's 100% true, right? But I sometimes it's, it's pretty close. Most times, you know, I can tell there's emotion. I can tell there's some melodrama in how things are being presented. I can tell that there's some agenda. If something just feels like pure agenda, it's almost like my body rejects it. My records do, right? They just are like, move on, but go next sort of thing. And um, But other times when I hear things, the guides will show me what lights up. You know, So maybe in a 15-minute video, one thing will light up. It's a truth that I need because I need to integrate it, but I also need to share it with uh, my clients and my students and so on. So the records have been an absolute godsend because the records are all love and truth, and they are the biggest and quickest illusion buster ever. So as we're already having veils of illusion lifted without, you know, even trying, uh, and and on top of that, we're being bombarded with fake accounts on social media and false information and hidden agendas and competing agendas and people that are acting like double agents, right, in different camps. I don't mean lay people. I'm talking about politicians and and other folks that have vested interest in getting our buy-in, right, to potentially get our vote or to convince other people to get their vote and so on and so on. The records have been just, uh, you know, an absolute godsend in helping me decipher that and also to receive guidance on how to navigate all this and how to navigate my business and how to navigate my money and when it's time to buy things, when it's time to sell things and so on and so on and so on. With that in mind, I'm going to leave that there for now. I hope this was helpful. I'd love for you to share this episode with anyone that you feel it would benefit, uh, if they would benefit from it. I'm so glad you're here. I look forward to seeing you next time. Have a great rest of your day and your week. From now until the next time we connect, have a great day. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. If you absolutely loved what you learned today, I would love for you to share with your friends by leaving a review so that more people can learn of the show and be impacted by the information we're sharing here. If you aren't already following me on social media, be sure to follow me on Instagram and Facebook by searching for Jennifer Longmore. 
And I'd also love for you to visit my website, www.souljourneys.ca, and claim your free soul acceleration system while you're there. You'll become a VIP recipient of my ever-popular daily messages from the Akasha delivered to your inbox each day. With love and namaste.